Welcome to Episode 1 of Ministries of the Hong Kong Church. I am Judy Chan. I've been a mission co-worker here since 1994 under Global Ministries and Presbyterian World Mission. In this series, we'll be looking at the work of the Hong Kong Christian Council, or HKCC for short. HKCC is one of Hong Kong's oldest ecumenical network of churches and Christian organizations. In this episode, we'll be examining the Council's ministry in the area of gender justice. Hong Kong is famous for its unique blend of East and West. In this international Chinese city, there's a broad awareness of the Me Too movement against sexual abuse and sexual harassment. But we may ask, are these issues in Hong Kong society? And more specifically, are these issues in the Hong Kong church? To answer these questions and more, let's talk with HKCC's Jessica Cho. Jessica is Assistant Executive Secretary in charge of the Council's Gender Justice Programs. Thank you, Jessica, for joining us. Hi, Judy. Now, HKCC's Gender Justice Ministries put a lot of focus on the issue of sexual harassment. And I don't think this uh, is an easy topic uh, among uh, Protestant churches, which are the majority of HKCC members, but um, maybe it was easier than I think. Could you, could you tell me what the initial um, reaction was of when you wanted to start this? Was it uh, easy, difficult, resistance, cooperation, or what? It's always difficult. And um, actually, the stories of sexual harassment in churches is kind of, we keep hearing these kind of stories, but we don't have any like concrete uh, prevention plan for this. None of the churches in Hong Kong had this before, that formally. No, normally we didn't see any like uh, uh, preventive course method from uh, being taken in the churches. Yeah, so um, in 2013, um, HACC noticed that most of the churches in Hong Kong still do not launch any preventive mechanism or regular education on sexual harassment. So we kind of adopt our own policy against sexual harassment and plan to introduce it to our member denomination and organizations. Okay, so that was uh, seven years ago. Right. You said getting started was difficult, um, maybe some lack of awareness or concern about this. So tell us a little bit more about how you kind of moved it ahead, how you got churches interested or got some kind of program started. Right. We uh, At first, we introduced to our member denomination, so we kind of like went to the pastoral meeting and then uh, introduced and explained why there is an importance to do the mechanism or do regular education. But sadly, they respond a quite like question because they do not feel this is a serious issue or incident. Mm. Right. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, later, we find out, like, oh, they are quite concerned how serious or is it or not a very important issues. So in order to understand the current 
situation regarding the sexual harassment or gender awareness of Hong Kong churches. So we initiate two questionnaire and research in 2015 and 2018. Oh, so you did... Uh People had questions about whether this really was a problem, right? And so you needed to have some do some research and get some data. So you did uh, two questionnaires, right? Yeah. And what did you find out? Uh, we got much impact from the last research as we did it online, and then we welcomed those who ever experienced sexual harassment in churches uh, to write about their stories. Uh, you and gave their name or anonymously? No, you, they can like and uh, not do it on anonymously, or mm-hmm. also can provide names and contacts. Okay. So we interview with those who are willing to talk with us. And then, in also at that time, in addition to the wave of Me Too movement, so the whole anti-sexual violence concern finally drew the attention of the churches as well as the society. So you've really did a lot of work, <laughs> groundwork, and also I think made quite a lot of progress. Right, right, right. So now there are churches in Hong Kong, denominations and institutions, I mean, beside the council, that have an anti-sexual harassment policy in place. So if this is functioning in a church, what would that look like? What, what happens if, say, someone has a, an incident happen to them in their church and they want to do something about it? What happens? Right. If the church already got, uh, they impl- already implement their policy against sexual harassment at first, uh, the victim can first approach the contact person of the policy and then the church will immediately set up a complaint committee procedure. A com- they will set up the handling complaint committee, and then usually uh, we will recommend a male and a female minister or a layperson to be the committee member. And then also they have to have a uh, professional training for that. Okay, so the first step is that uh, there will be someone at the church that is the point person to mm. file the complaint, right. and this committee is, uh, has uh, been trained and has uh, a gender balance and clergy and lay. Okay, and then what happens? And then they will interview with uh, both parties for the perpetrator and then the victim, and then they examine uh, the situation of the issues. If they find out the incident is valid, they will recommend uh, maybe a disciplinary action to the accused uh, perpetrator. So finally, they will follow up uh, with the victims and then the perpetrator, and then they uh, provide like, pastoral help to those parties. Wow, that, when that policy works, that is a huge step forward, isn't it? Right. Uh, and that's a great recognition by the church that this is a serious problem. But what, what could we do, though? We've reached that point where someone can make a complaint. The damage has been done. The harm is there. But is there something we could do even earlier to help prevent these situations from arising in the first place? First, we feel that uh, the gender awareness education to the pastor and minister and also the seminary student are very, very important. The, The gender awareness education. Application. Okay. For clergy and seminaries. Okay. Right, because they are like the front line in touch with the church members. Mm-hmm. So it is necessary to teach them like the boundaries and then the interpersonal skills that make uh, gender justice happen in the churches. So it needs to be training for clergy and churches uh, just professionally, just like we between uh, medical ethics and 
uh, in education, we have these uh, boundaries and rules about what are our professional behavior. Good. Right. Yes. And then second, because uh, a key factor in sexual harassment is power inequality. Power inequality. Right. Because okay. uh, there's always people question why the victims silence themselves, why they cannot seek help, why they cannot uh, just uh, shut out their, their own story. Because it always happened in a very... Uh, imbalanced power relations. For example, in churches, um, there's always happening uh, between uh, clergy and the layperson. And then if the layperson sexually harassed by the clergy, it's very difficult for them to seek help because normally people won't believe him or her. Mm. So we have to like have more awareness on our power relations inside the churches. And if it can be happen or uh, we can have a more different people participation in the churches so that the power relationship can be uh, more like uh, narrowed down. And I think the power relations, uh, it not just between clergy and lay, but also I think in Hong Kong is between male and female, right? Yes, exactly. And the elder and the, and young. the younger. So all these dynamics are at play, which make it very hard for for young female lay victims to be heard or to speak out. Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, Jessica, obviously this is, uh, you've been with this ministry since its beginning, and it's been very challenging work for you. Um, Is there a Bible character or story that's been particularly helpful to you as you've been working in this field? Mm, um, recently, when I reading the New Testament, uh, the women of Galilee, women of Galilee, Galilee, yeah. they are like catch my eyes because they are actually there are not many uh, focus on them, but what they are doing like catch my eyes. Um, at that period of time, the era of Roman Empire, actually the mourning was prohibited. The mourning? You mean like uh, uh, mourning over dead bodies? Exactly, okay. yeah. And at that period of time, because they are kind of the first witness of seeing uh, the Jesus Christ's crucifixion or seeing his dead body, and they actually they did everything they can to spread out the truth uh, through their laments and the resistance. Oh, yeah. I I had never thought about that. Uh, so during the Roman Empire time, the, part of the persecution was not allowing people to mourn over dead bodies or identify them. But actually the, the courageous women of Galilee uh, were determined to witness to Jesus Christ, not only at his crucifixion, mm. but for his resurrection. Yeah, their, their resistance or the courage to keep the truth uh, or the, uh, they will keep trying to spread the truth to the people which kind of like encourage me to do so. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, Jessica, if there's anyone listening right now who's uh, struggling with sexual harassment or sexual abuse, but they're afraid to speak out, uh, what would you tell them? Hmm. Um, First, I would say um, trust your inner feeling because victims always question or puzzle themselves, like, am I too sensitive or am I the one who caused to this incident? But I would suggest, like, please trust your inner feeling. And secondly, uh, you are not necessary to speak out if you do not feel safe and comfortable. So there is no right or wrong to handle this trauma. 
find out someone you trust. It can be your friend or a professional. Then you can explore alternatives together in handling the situation when you feel secured. Mm. Oh, very wise words. Sound like it comes from uh, your own working with victims and, and developing this program. Well, Jessica, is there anything else you'd like to say in closing? Um, actually, the role of bystander, like you and I, it is extremely important. So hopefully, we can ready to be a companion if there is a victim in your community. Speak out if we witness sexual harassment, and we can listen to their story without judgment. Indeed, indeed. So. As uh, bystanders and hopefully as companions with those who are suffering, who are vulnerable, who are victims, so we also empower them and share the good news of the gospel and the mm. love of Jesus Christ and God and the community of faith. Thank you, Jessica Cho of the Hong Kong Christian Council's Gender Justice Ministry. If you'd like more information about HKCC and their anti-sexual harassment program, contact them by email at hkcc at hkcc.org.hk. That address again, hkcc at hkcc.org.hk. Thanks for listening, and join us for the next episode of Ministries of the Hong Kong Church. We'll be talking about the Council's work with refugees and asylum seekers. God bless.